good to see each one of you back for evening service. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 618. Page number 618. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. We'll sing all verses as we begin the service together tonight. Sing it out on that verse. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The trumpet call obey Forth to the mighty conflict In this his glorious day Ye that are men now serve him Against a number rise with danger And strength to strength Stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, and watching unto prayer, where duty calls for danger. Stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day, the noise of battle, the next, the victor's song. To him that overcometh, a crown of life shall be. He with the King of glory shall reign. Sure, glad to see you back uh, tonight, and uh, praise the Lord. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Brother Seth uh, Wisdom, would you open us in prayer tonight? Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? I uh, did just have a few announcements I uh, wanted to mention. Of course, tonight, uh, Brother Jack Parker is going to be preaching. And then also, if you have kids uh, in Faith Baptist School, make sure you're aware there's no school tomorrow. 
uh, in light of uh, Columbus Day. And then, of course, there's several other things uh, taking place. I know we've got a teen activity, then also a uh, foundation builders class uh, activity this month. And so make sure you get with your Sunday school teachers on those things. And then I wanted to mention this. Ladies, don't forget about uh, October the 25th, which is on a Tuesday. Uh, be the ladies' meeting at 7 p.m. And then it is also a uh, baby shower in the meeting for Miss Shelby Dawsing. And so she is registered at Target and Amazon. And then also wanted to mention a couple of other things. October the 28th, which is on a Friday, uh, will be our harvest party. And so uh, every year uh, we just fill up the gymnasium with bouncy houses and games and things like that. But also it's a blessing to see a whole lot of families and kids come in. Amen. And so, of course, if you got kids in the school, it'll be from 1 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, but then in the evening time for the church, we have it from 7 uh, till around 9 or 10 p.m. And or till, usually till we have to tell people to go home so we can go home. Amen. Uh, but looking forward to just a good time in the Lord and, uh, you know, uh, being a blessing, trying to talk with people about the things of the Lord and stuff like that. What I have found over the last several years of doing that is that, you know, people that maybe normally wouldn't come to church will come to something like that. And you and I can be a witness to them and, and talk with them. And so make sure you mark your calendars for that, looking, looking forward to that. And then, of course, we'll get the barrels out there for the candy and fill that thing up. And that's for the harvest party. That's not for you as you leave out the church services, all right? Uh, October the 30th also, which is on a Sunday, going to have a linger longer following the evening service. But it's also a, the chili, the teen chili cook-off. And so uh, we're going to bring uh, some finger foods that night for some fellowship, make sure they're chili related. I don't know what that means. I think everything goes good with chili. All right. But especially things like a grilled cheese sandwich, son, glory. Anyways, all right, we got to go. We got to, I got to, I got to eat. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I wanted to take some time tonight. Uh, we, we've had our fall revival ever since I've been the pastor here, we've had a fall revival, and something that we have never done is maybe just have just a, a brief amount of time of testimony about how the Lord maybe worked in your life or mine, and and I thought that maybe we could take some time tonight and just uh, do some of that, and uh, I just thought I would I would share with you something that I shared with the men uh, this morning in our men's prayer, but for me personally, the two messages that really spoke to my heart uh, was Tuesday night on temptation. That was that was an incredibly helpful and convicting message. If that makes sense, I don't. You know, I know it doesn't make sense sometimes when you say convicting, but helpful. But I'm telling you, it was. It was both of those things. God sure spoke to me about things in my life that were hindering me from being victorious. But at the same time, I got help in that message to learn how to have victory in my life. And it's not that I didn't know those things as a preacher. It's just that, you know, sometimes you just get apathetic in your own life in different areas. And God really challenged me in that. And I'm, I appreciate Brother Ted preaching on that and dealing with that. But the other message that really spoke to my heart even more so was the Sunday night message from Job. And it really just spoke to me as a pastor as a pastor, you worry about two things. Number one, you worry about your people because you want to see them serve God no matter what. And I know this in my heart. I was thinking, man, there's a whole lot of people that aren't here that need that message. I really did. But at the same time, God was sure dealing with me because I know this. I want to serve God no matter what. No matter what trials come my way, no matter what difficulty 
uh, comes my way, I want to serve, serve the Lord. And God sure spoke to me about those things. And so if the Lord maybe spoke to you about some things or you just want to give a testimony tonight, we'll have some time uh, for that. Does anybody like that? Brother Wisdom's got his hand up back there. Would you start us off, brother? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That was a blessing. Amen. I appreciated seeing Miss Virginia Potts back there, thanks to the wisdoms picking her up each night. Miss Virginia Potts made it every night to the revival. Amen. That was a blessing. And uh, just a, man, I'm telling you, that's pretty challenging right there. Amen. Anybody else tonight have a testimony or anything like that they'd like to say tonight? I know you guys are a big talkative bunch. Amen. Miss Melanie, all right. Amen. That was a good one too, huh? Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. All right, Brother Parker. Brother Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yes, sir. Sure. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. That's very good, brother. Very good. Anybody else tonight got a testimony? 
All right. A lot of public speakers. Amen. So I'm telling you, it's good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. And I know we're going to do this later on and in Thanksgiving. And some of you are like, I wasn't ready for that. I'll be ready next month. All right. Thanksgiving time. But I, I just think it's good, you know, to share how maybe the Lord spoke to us and what messages God used to help us and stuff like that. So I'm just telling you, we're all a bunch of sinners and we need the word of God preached to us. Amen. All right, brother Eric, come on ahead tonight and uh, lead us in another song. So. Let's continue singing for page 302. Page 302, let's all stand together again. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse tonight. Since I have been redeemed, page 302. I have a song I love to sing. Since I have been redeemed of my Redeemer, Savior, King. Since I have been redeemed. Since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, I will glory in His name. Since I have been redeemed, I will glory in my Savior's name. I have a Christ that satisfies since I have been redeemed to do His will my I have been redeemed since I have been redeemed since I have been redeemed I will glory in his name since I have been redeemed I will glory in my Savior's name I have a home prepared for me since I have been redeemed where I shall dwell eternally since I have been redeemed since I have been redeemed since I have been redeemed I will glory in his name since I have been redeemed I will glory in my Savior's name. We certainly have a lot to be thankful for if you're redeemed tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's been a great day in the Lord's house. I'm going to ask Brother Ethan Whitney, would you pray for the offering tonight, please? Amen. You may be seated tonight.
I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Amen. Let's uh, go ahead and turn to page number 430. Page 430. Let's stand one last time for our last song together. We have an anchor. Page number 430. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life? Sing it out on that first verse. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life? When the clouds unfold their wings of strife, when the strong tides lift and the cables strain, will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fasten to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. It is safely moored, will the storm withstand, for tis well secured by the Savior's hand. Though the tempest rage and the wild winds blow, not an angry wave shall or bark or flow. We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love When our eyes behold through the gathering night The city of gold, our harbor bright We shall anchor fast by the hand with the storms all past forevermore. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Amen. Wonderful singing tonight. You may be seated. Just before the message tonight, uh, Ms. Phyllis Watson is going to come and sing.
fight, you have kept the faith, enter into the joy of the Lord. Well done, my child, your crown is waiting. Here is your robe of white, your mansion is just inside. Come into the city of light. Well done, my child. When I finally see the streets of child of God. Amen. To hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, sure, I appreciate Brother Jack, uh, Parker, Miss Lizzie, and just had the privilege to 
you know, go uh, back uh, the end of last month and go to the GIBF meeting there in Indianapolis and to see them get approved by the uh, Global Independent Baptist Missions and, and looking forward to sending them out. Uh, getting ready to do that here uh, beginning in the month of January, and then also getting to see them go on a survey trip to Japan. So excited about uh, all of that, but I'm still not using chopsticks, I'm telling you right now. I'm, I'm sticking with the fork, amen. There's just some good things and benefits about being an American, amen. So come on ahead, Brother Jack. Preach to us tonight, brother. Appreciate you. Man. Amen. They do use forks in Japan, too. It's okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, uh, it has been a little while since I've gotten to preach to uh, to big church up here uh, to you all, uh, but always looking forward to it. Always thankful for it. Thankful for the opportunity uh, to get to preach. Uh, especially, I don't know if Pastor, you may feel this way too. Especially after several weeks now of getting preached to at the GIBF and then a men's recharge and then a revival, I'm I'm ready to preach. I want to preach too. So I, I wanted to preach. I, I love how the Lord really times out things in really the ways only He can. Uh, and I certainly desire here tonight and believe that the, the truth from the life of Joseph here tonight just goes right along with kind of the, the post-revival. So if you would stand for the reading God's Word, we'll be in the book of Genesis tonight, chapter number 45, Genesis chapter 45. Picking up here, getting toward the end of the life of Joseph, but uh, I know it's been some time, but we, we are to the point where he is getting ready to finally, after uh, a couple of chapters of dealing with and, and talking to his brothers once again, uh, the time has come for him to reveal the truth to his brothers. So we get to see that scene here tonight in Genesis 45, but... Let's go ahead and read here, uh, verse number 1, Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him. While Joseph made himself known unto his brethren, and he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the, the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, go up to my father, say to him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. In light of having just finished the, the fall revival this last Friday, here every night and even Tuesday during the day, as you head back to work to, tomorrow, no, you kids here don't have school tomorrow, but back to school Tuesday, you get the idea, back to normal, 
right? Back to normal, everyday life. Back into temptations. Back into trials. The difficulties that our world brings. I'd really like all of us to be, to be challenged to go forward ready to do more for the Lord. To trust in Him. That in, that in spite of all the things going on in our world, He's still on the throne. He's still in control. He is at work. He, he didn't make everything and then just sit back, cross His arms and say, you, you figure it out. No, he, he desires to be intimately involved in our everyday lives, each and every day. That we'd have a close walk and relationship with Him. And then we, when we look back on things, these trials or, or circumstances or difficulties or maybe even some messages that we heard that we know we needed, even if we don't want to admit that we needed it, but we needed it this week, we look back on things like that. Man, was Brother Ted like, did he read all my Facebook posts before he came and preached here? Has he been following me, peeking in my windows? No, 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 that's just... It's just the Lord. That we'd have a close walk and relationship with Him. When he, He brings us through the pain, through those hard times, through loss, we can look back and say, Lord, thank You. I understand now that You had a plan in all of this. And I'm sure thankful that I just kept going, trusting You. Lord, as I come before You tonight, Lord, sure thankful for the week that we've had, the preaching that we've heard, The singing that, Lord, I pray has brought praise and honor and glory to your holy name. Lord, I I pray tonight that this message would, in a sense, be a a conclusion to the week as we look back on it. And Lord, as well, that we look forward to tomorrow and the next day. Lord, that we would just continue being faithful to you. Because Lord, when we're faithful to you, you are faithful to us each and every time. Lord, bless the preaching of your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Man, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. I don't know if this is a, a common saying or not. I know I say it quite often, maybe just because I'm weird, uh, but maybe you've told somebody in certain circumstances, don't worry, there, there's a method to my madness. That it, this may not make a lot of sense to you right now, but... Just, just trust me. I, I know what I'm doing here. There's a method to my madness. I find myself saying it quite a bit at work because I, I think the only real reason I'm the trainer is I've just done the most dumb stuff over the years and figured out, don't do that, so that I can tell all the other guys, don't do that when I'm training them. I, I keep getting myself into these situations, driving the truck, and I've learned where it can go and definitely where it cannot go. <laughs> So I'll tell guys, okay, you need to take this left. Well, but the map's at... Trust me, take this left. There's a method to my madness. And many times they, they make faces at me. Are you crazy, man? Are you sure that you're the trainer here? Are you old enough to drive? Just, just trust me here. I know what I'm doing. Just trust me. Some do, some don't. But eventually, if they, if they did follow it, they'll see, oh, okay, I, I, I see what you meant now. I get what you... We're talking about. I get it now. There's one in particular that may slightly be embarrassing, but it's in my notes, so here we go. So one of my first times on what was kind of my route for about a year or so, uh, some of you that, if you speak road, as I used to tell my dad, uh, over at Harold and kind of close to Kansas City Road and Harold here in Olathe, there's a cemetery over there. Some of you live kind of in that area. Well, I was delivering just residentials over there, and like a, a good modern-day 20-something-year-old, I was following the GPS. 
The GPS said, well, there's a house right here in this kind of open area. You probably see where this is going. So I drove the FedEx truck not realizing that's a cemetery. (laughs) The dot said that there's a house there. So I drove the truck, and it's kind of, if you go down the back road there, kind of in the neighborhood, you don't realize it's a cemetery until it is far too late. So I was, by the time I figured it out, I am now trapped in the middle of a cemetery in a FedEx truck, and there is no house. So I don't know where the box was supposed to go, but now I'm truck driving around in the cemetery on those teeny tiny little roads that are not built for a delivery truck. And then you get the awkward moment of the landscaping guy who's coming through on his golf cart and we have to kind of pass each other and he has to drive in the grass and worse. And I'm like, sorry, which way do I go to get out? Eventually I figured out how to get out of there. But then because of that fun learning experience in the future when I would train guys in the area and they'd start to drive in there. I'm like, wait, stop. Just, just park right here. I'll, I'll, I'll take it from here and just run it up there. There was a little shack or something where there was an office and you could run and take it to that guy. Well, it's, it looks like this road goes through. It's, it's covered with trees. You can't really see it. You may not understand why, why the teacher would say, don't go there. Just, just trust me. There's a method to my madness here. It may not make sense to you right now, but there is a reason. It may not make sense to you right now, but there is a reason behind it. Just wait right here. The same could be said of teaching children things. Well, why? Why? Jalen has started saying why, and I'm already tired of it. Why? 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 Trust me, there's a method to the madness. There is a reason that you may not understand right now, but you just need to trust me. Joseph, in this chapter, we finally come to the point where he reveals himself to his brothers. After some time now, a couple chapters worth of speaking with them and going through these things, he's seen in many ways how they've changed over the years, how they're now willing to protect Benjamin. That's a lot of what chapter 44 dealt with, how they care about their father, These aren't the same cruel bullies that threw him in that pit all those years ago and hoped that he would die. And now after all this time of speaking through an interpreter and and painting this this facade, not not to lie to them or anything like that, but to to test them in a sense, and now he he can't take it anymore. The time has come to reveal them. I mean, imagine this scene here. You're, You're in a palace in Egypt. They don't know it's Joseph. He's known the whole time. Joseph was a, a powerful man. There's probably like his, his honor guard in here, big scary guys with weapons protecting him. I mean, there's like 11 strong young men in here. He probably had his guards ready to go. He's been speaking in the Egyptian tongue, speaking to them through an interpreter. They have no clue that this is their little brother. Guards, servants, interpreters, all these people in this elegant palace room. He's the, the second most powerful man in the world at this time. Sometimes we miss it just, oh, it's just Joseph. No, 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 no. This is the second most powerful man on planet Earth in this time. Guards, interpreters, and these men have no idea what's about to take place. His brothers have been pleading with him not to take Benjamin away. Take me instead. If if we go home and don't have Benjamin, our father will die. He can't take losing another boy. We won't make this same mistake again. Please, sir, I'm begging you, don't do this. 
He can't bear to lose another son. Chapter 45, verse 1 says, Joseph could not refrain himself before all that stood by him. He cries out, Cause every man to go out from me. Probably speaking in Egyptian there. Gives a command to his guards. Again, think of, he's been speaking through an interpreter. His brothers don't know what he's talking about. They don't know what he's saying. This, this, this second most powerful man on earth just gave a scary enough command. All his guards, all his servants, his people, get out. The room goes quiet. It's just Joseph and his brothers. He's been speaking Egyptian this whole time. Speaking through an interpreter. They don't know what to expect. Is he going to kill us? I mean, we've just been, been pleading for our lives, the life of our brother. What, what is he going to do now? They're probably pretty afraid. Sure. But what does he say? Does he condemn them to, to jail or, or, or to prison? No, 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 no. The brothers trembling in fear, thoughts of death and uncertainty taking over their minds. Imagine the shock when this, this second most powerful man in the world, this Egyptian ruler, breaks down into tears before them. He wept aloud. He's weeping. Weeping. He sends out all his guards, maybe for the purpose of having an intimate family reunion here, but maybe to save himself some embarrassment. I mean, he's the second most powerful man on the planet, and he's about to break down and cry like a child. He weeps aloud. The, the Egyptians, it didn't work. The Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh, they, they heard his cry. And finally, he said unto his brethren, I'm Joseph. Imagine the change, the vocal change, speaking through an interpreter this whole time for however long he's been speaking with these men. They've gotten to know him just for the switch to happen to Hebrew. I'm Joseph. What? What did he say? His brethren couldn't answer him. They're troubled at his presence. What would you think? Talk about the the sins of your past coming back to haunt you. Last time they saw Joseph, they were ready to kill him. He was just a 17-year-old kid they threw in a pit and never thought they'd ever see again. They've already mourned that loss. They've dealt with that. They've lived with that every day of their lives. Not a day has gone by they haven't regretted what they did to him. And now this powerful Egyptian man who's, who's been testing them and, and dealing with them for some time just sent all of his guards out. The Egyptian ruler facade, in a sense, goes away and he switches to that Hebrew young boy once again and tells his family, I'm Joseph. I'm Joseph. They were troubled at his presence. He, verse 4, Joseph said unto his brethren, come, come near to me. Come closer. I'm Joseph, your brother. It's, guys, it's me. It's me. Whom you sold into Egypt. Doth my father yet live? I'm Joseph. It's a very tender moment. The brothers haven't even responded to him yet. They were so shocked and afraid they couldn't speak. Couldn't believe the type of thing that they were seeing here. I'm Joseph. 
He begins to reassure them in verse 5. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. Just, I just picture Joseph here just maybe hand on their shoulders, getting close to him, bring, guy, it's me. Don't be scared. Fear not. Be not grieved. Don't be angry. Why? For God. God did send me before you to preserve life. Don't be scared. I'm not going to hurt you. In fact, let me tell you what God did. Because folks, four times over these next few verses, Joseph makes it abundantly clear. It was God who sent them here, not his brothers. Let's look at verse 5. That you sold me for God did send me before you. Verse 7, and God sent me before you to preserve you. Verse 8, so now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. Verse 9, thus saith Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Joseph definitely didn't think it was Joseph that had gotten him through all this. Joseph didn't have this arrogant issue or, or think, yeah, guys, you, you thought you got rid of me, but good thing I took those business classes in high school because I really, I've got things figured out here in Egypt. No, 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 but God. Guys, it, it wasn't you. you. You may have thought you were just throwing me in the pit, but God made a way. But God had a plan. But God, but God did this. I couldn't have seen it or understood it. I couldn't have orchestrated it, but God meant it all for good. I can look back at the, these trials, these moments in my life, and not just, not just look at them and ponder them, but rejoice that God had a purpose in all of this. He, he sent me before you to preserve life. If God hadn't sent me here and done these things with me, I wouldn't have been here to in Egypt ruling and able to save not just your lives, but my father's life, our people's lives, and change the whole course of history. But God. God. I need you to go and get dad. Tell him to come on down here. Verse 10, Thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. Thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, thy children's children, thy flocks, thy herds, and all that thou hast. There I, I will nourish thee, for there are yet five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Behold, your eyes see the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. Ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, of all that ye have seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he, he kissed him, all his brethren wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. I love that that's how that portion closes. They talked with him. They talked. They hadn't spoken yet that whole time. They talked with him. They cried together. He rejoiced because he understood that it was God that sent him to Egypt, not them. You know, folks, sometimes... that. We sometimes have a tendency in the, in the moment to get so stressed out and so frustrated and so worried about things. But let's just take, take a moment and think about the, the picture of Joseph's life. 17-year-old gets thrown in a pit, picked up and sold into slavery into Egypt, ends up in Potiphar's house. Because he's in Potiphar's house and serving and still faithful and working there, all of Potiphar's house can see the Lord through the life and through the character of Joseph. 
God never left Joseph in the pit or in Potiphar's house. He just kept on serving him. And then Potiphar's wife gets her eye on Joseph. There's some temptation there. There's a battle there. But Joseph gets himself out and he's falsely accused and thrown into prison. Does that deter him or start blaming God or getting angry with God? Lord, what are you doing? How could you do this to me? I I made it through the, the pit and in Potiphar's house I was fine. Now I'm in jail for something I didn't even do? And then he was in jail for a few years. Oh, and a couple of gentlemen came through, the baker and the butler. That's kind of weird. Just a little coincidence there. No big deal. Right. No, but, but God had a plan in that. And because right. Joseph was still faithful just as much in the pit and Potiphar's house, he's still faithful in that prison house as well, right. that he was put in charge over the whole prison. And it just so happened when that baker and butler came, they had a little problem. They had some dreams going on. And I guess that, that one guy, well, he used to get called the dreamer. Right. Back, back home by his brethren in jest and mocking him, making fun of him, that dreamer just so happened to be there that God could use him to interpret their dreams. But then he got forgotten about. He was still in prison for a few years. I guess God just messed up, probably forgot Joseph was there. Oh, well. Oh, no. Joseph just kept being faithful. He didn't give up on God. Maybe he wasn't in Joseph's timing. Remember, he, he asked him, hey, don't forget about me, okay? I don't even have a watch. And this doesn't even work. I'm in trouble. Two years go by, though. Um, Lord, you forget me? No, Joseph just kept right on going. Just kept being faithful. He kept being faithful. And pretty soon he went from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison to Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh had a dream. None of his men could interpret it. Pharaoh didn't know what it meant. But God. Joseph comes and interprets Pharaoh's dream. And pretty soon, Joseph's now the second most powerful man on earth. And Joseph here, as he's recounting these things that have taken place to his brethren who were responsible for him being in that pit in the first place, he says, don't be grieved. Don't be angry. Imagine that they're, they're the mixed emotions of fear, relief, confusion, where the, the powerful Egyptian man turns into your Hebrew brother out of nowhere. Talk about a plot twist, right? He just be, wait a second, it's your brother? Is he going to kill us? Is he mad at us? And he says, no, 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 I'm not mad at you. Don't be, don't be scared. Don't be afraid for your lives. They didn't know how to react. They didn't even speak. Don't be scared. You, you may have meant to hurt me back then, but God meant it all for good. God meant it all for good. He just rejoices because he understands, one, who God is, and that he was in control in all of this. All of this. That God's who sent them to Egypt. And we can look back at the trials, the difficulties, the moments in our life as well and rejoice. Because our God's faithful through all of it. Through all of it. There, there is a method to the madness, so to speak. There, there's a purpose and a plan behind it all. We may not see it. We may not understand it. But I assure you on the authority of the Word of God, it's there. Because He will not leave us or forsake us. He's promised to be with us. I could take you tonight through all the sorts of moments in my own life where I never realized what God was doing. Things to draw me toward Japan and toward missions. I've used the illustration before with our our teenagers. I never would have dreamed what a benefit 
being an RA and working at Chick-fil-A would be for youth ministry. But it was awesome training. Weird, smelly, gross training, but I guess it's close. Now, being a FedEx guy would prepare you for missions. That might sound weird, but trust me. That I've told the story before of selling the TV that I won at work to pay the school bill. The, the kind of crazy things that only God can do. Well, God doesn't do crazy things. Have you, did you miss a couple Sunday nights back on the walls of Jericho? That's pretty crazy. You mean a 17-year-old who went to prison and was falsely accused and then was left there for a while after he'd been thrown in a pit? but then became somehow the second most powerful man in the world? We serve an amazing God. I'm sure many of you here tonight, if we took another testimony time, and we, I don't want to scare you, we won't, but I'm sure if we did, many of you could as well, point to strange little moments in your life where you're like, man, that didn't seem to make a lot of sense, but I'm sure glad that God brought me through that. Lord, I didn't see what you were doing, but I understand now. I understand now. And this is all true here tonight, folks. But what are we supposed to do now going forward? We can look back and see all these things and recognize it. We can, we can nod along and say amen because, it, because it's true. We, we agree with it. But what do we do now? We need to be faithful to our faithful God. Faithful to our faithful God. Regardless of the trials that you're going through, you know, sometimes a revival week can almost be like you're getting away. It's almost like a spiritual vacation. It's like going to camp or, or youth con. You're, you're a little bit distant from the normal. Not that there isn't challenges and there isn't spiritual warfare. There most certainly is. But it's a little different just going back to work Monday morning. There's not going to be a service that night. Those temptations that were there before, the battles, the doubts that we face. Let me encourage you here tonight, folks, and really one of my favorite things that I've learned and studied and been challenged by from the life of Joseph, don't quit. Don't quit. I was talking to Brother Sam at the GIBF, and really just sharing my heart. We were talking about missions and the Japan and things like that, and... A theme at the GIBF, and really just it seems a theme for the year in preaching that I've heard, is not the call necessarily to go, but the call to stay. The call to stay. The call to stay, to stay in the book. To stay with the book. To stay faithful on the field. When, 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 when Baptist preachers all over the world and Baptist churches are, are folding and moving on or moving away, the call to stay. Don't quit. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful what God has called you to do. Be faithful what God has dealt with you about. Don't, don't give up to be faithful to our faithful God. Because Joseph had, had the, the testimony and the opportunity to look back at the whole scope of his life. Now as a 40-something-year-old man, to back when he was 17... And he could see that, but God brought me here, here, and here, and here, and here. And if I had given up or quit because I was mad that I got thrown in a pit by my brothers, I was just trying to tell them about their dreams. 
Or that he was in Potiphar's house. Well, I don't know, Potiphar's wife, she's really nice. Could have just given up right then. Then he's, well, okay, no, he made it through that, but okay, he's in prison now. Oh, I didn't even do anything. I lost my coat, and I get thrown into jail still? Just give up. What happens if Joseph gives up in the pit or Potiphar's house or prison? It's all different. He doesn't get to talk to his brother. He doesn't get to look back then and say, but God, but God, but God, but God. It's all different. Why? Because he was faithful. He didn't quit or give up when it was hard in the prison. He didn't quit or give up when he faced temptation day after day after day after day. He kept telling her no. He got himself out. He kept being faithful to what God wanted him to do. Joseph, nobody will know. Nobody will see. You're the most powerful man in this house. If anyone even saw, you could just have him killed. He didn't care because it was sin. No. He got himself out because it's what God wanted him to do. He was faithful. He didn't quit or give up when the pressure was on, when the temptations were at their most challenging. He kept being faithful to what God had called him to do. And he could look back on the scope of his life and rejoice that he hadn't given up. He hadn't quit. He hadn't folded up his Bible and pushed it aside and said, I'm not doing this anymore. He kept being faithful. Nobody answered the door at visitation today. Well, nobody came to church this morning. We didn't have any visitors. Well, our bus numbers are down. I don't know how much longer I can do this. Had another tire blow out. Another mechanical malfunction. Well, this person, they, they said they were sick, but I saw them at Walmart after church. Liars. You know, we can get real bitter. We can get real frustrated. And I'm not just talking about people in, in ministry. This is everybody. This is everybody. From the Sunday school teachers, pastors, to just church members. We all go through things like this. It may look a little different here and there, but we all go through things like this. God proved Himself to be faithful. Time and time and time again. And Joseph now could be thankful and rejoice at the purpose and the plan that God had in all of that, that he wouldn't have gotten if he'd just given up. He was faithful. And folks, revival this week wasn't on accident. Well, we've had it on the calendar for a little while. Okay, sure, but, but the man that God sent and the messages that God had him preach, that's not an accident. It's not a just-so-happen The message that was preached that you needed, whether you liked it or not, it wasn't on accident. If you didn't get fed this week, that's because you crossed your arms and you pushed yourself away from the table. I sure hope and desire that each of us, as we we go to our homes, our, our jobs, our lives, would just desire to be more faithful. Faithful to our faithful God, to, to serve the Lord each and every day. Not saying it's easy. It isn't. I think all of us would testify. Yeah, no, it's not. You know, it probably wasn't easy either being in prison for four years, five years, being falsely accused. That getting thrown in a pit probably hurts. It's not easy. But when things get difficult, don't give up. The call to stay, to stay faithful. We did a testimony time in teens tonight as well, the revival, and uh, we just did a kind of a prayer list type thing as well for them, kind of challenged them with that. And one of them brought up the 
Brother VZ's message on Tuesday to just stay with the book, to stay faithful, to stay faithful. I think back to Brother Matt Miller's message early, early, early this year that has continued to stick with me. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Don't walk away and stop reading your Bible. Stop praying. Don't stop praying for that person. I just don't know if it's getting through. I don't think they're ever going to change. Keep praying for them. Be faithful. God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten you. God hasn't forgotten you in the pit. He's still there. He, he, he's with you just as much in the pit as He is in the palace. But if you give up on Him in the pit, you're never going to get to the palace. He's with you just as much in the pit, the pits of despair of life, as He is in the palace. And you're never going to get to the palace, folks, if you give up on God in the pit. God had a purpose and a plan for Joseph's life, and he just as much does for yours as well. Don't give up on God or get angry at God or or get so focused on yourself or trusting in yourself or or getting the attitude that God's forgot me, so I guess I'll just do it myself. Or when God's trying to speak to you or teach you something or, or to sit there and not respond, that's dangerous. And a couple of the teen boys asked me, are you going to preach the Esther message tonight? You can ask them about it. If you have teens, you can ask them about the Esther message this morning. Really, it was just on pride. Are we just going to sit there when the Lord speaks to us and just stay in our seat? He's probably speaking to somebody else. Probably him. Not me. Our God's faithful. Every time. And we need to be faithful to Him. So folks, will you be faithful? Let's all stand here tonight.